We are the bride television is the voice of the true bride of Christ. Today we are doing it a little bit different. I'm trying my software again. So I'm hoping we can do this and you can see the screen at the same time. Uh, if you would turn your Bibles today to Second Chronicles chapter 27. We are moving right along, bride. And look, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, good. Y'all can hear me very clearly. Awesome. Okay. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 27. Is that what we're on, Brad? Yes. All right. Let's go over here to chapter 27. I'll tell you what. This has been so good, has it not? Uh, this Bible study has been so amazing. I'm so thankful for it. And let's just go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to be with us today in this Bible study. Lord, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to study your word, Lord. We thank you that your word is like eating a T-bone steak. Your word is the truth. Uh, you are holy, Lord. And we thank you for all the lessons that you're teaching us in your word, Lord. So we pray that our spirit would be open to hear what the spirit is saying to the church and that we will not be blinded by the devil today come on now in jesus name in jesus name all right so we're on second chronicles chapter 27 all right uh let me know if y'all can see this on the screen or is it too little for you I tried to make it bigger. Let me know if y'all can see. Good morning. Yes, Lord, we are hungry. All right, so I'm going to read out of my Bible here, but it's the same up here. All right, so Jotham. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I've got my other little thing right here. My iPad. I like it when this reads it because it says all the names correctly. All right, let's get in this Second Chronicles 27. All right. Here we go. Jotham was 25 years old when he began to reign. Then 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jericho. Uh-oh, we got a mother. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. Oh, no. He built the high gate of the house of the Lord, and on the wall of Ophel he built much. Moreover, he built cities in the mountains of Judah, and in the forests he built castles and towers. He fought also with the king of the Ammonites, and prevailed against them. And the children of Ammon gave him the same year an hundred talents of silver, and ten thousand measures of wheat. 10,000 of barley, so much the children of Ammon pay unto him, both the second year and the third. 
So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Bam! In your face, devil. Did you hear that, Brad? Come on now. What did, what did the word of God say about this king that was good before God's eyes? Verse 6. We're learning so much about God, are we not, Brad? It says, because he prepared his ways before the Lord. He prepared his ways. He included the Lord. All right, so let's continue here. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all his wars and his ways, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. He was five and twenty years old when he began to reign and reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And Jotham slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Ahaz, his son, reigned. Oh, all right, bride, notice where he was buried. He was able to be buried with honor because he honored God. Let's continue in chapter 28. made also molten images for Balaam. Moreover, he burnt incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom. And pause, 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 pause. What is the king of Israel? What does it stand for? Remember from all of us that's been doing our Bible study, the king of Israel means the culture. It means the priest that partnered with the culture. King of Israel I mean, the children, yeah, the king of Israel represents the culture. So what did he start doing as soon as he partnered with the culture? Building the altars of Baal. And listen to what else happens when he starts partnering with culture. Because remember, Brad, we have to love God and hate the world. We're not of this world. We're from somewhere else. All right, let's continue. <gasps> what? No. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, don't you just want to cry, Brad? Because let's review this. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made also molten images for Baal. Moreover, he burned incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom, which means following after their culture, and burned his children in the fire. Can you imagine being so dedicated to your culture that you would burn your children in the fire? Well, wouldn't you say that's the same thing they do today with abortion? And not only that, when you give your children... Do you know, Brad, that a lot of people that go into the Illuminati, that they sacrifice their family members to go all the way to the top, they will literally give a family member to Satan. And they will say, you can have my children. You can have my mom. You can have my dad. I just want to go to the top. The power hungry of it. But that's what they're doing. They're sacrificing them to fire. All right, let's continue. Okay, what he's saying right there, Brad, is that when he partnered with the culture and he partnered with the unclean thing, he had to remove his hand. 
his his hand of protection was not on him anymore. This dome that I talk to you about all the time, this dome of protection. Uh, when we sin, we partner with the high things. What are the high things? The occult, divination. Do you know manipulation is as the sin of witchcraft? When you're partnering with witchcraft and you're doing all these crazy things, uh, the Ouija board and fortune telling and all this other crazy stuff and and spirit traveling, leaving your body and traveling and all that kind of, kind of stuff. You are sacrificing at the high places. And then they did the altars with Baal. And under every green tree, wherefore the Lord is God, delivered him into the hand of the king of Syria, which we know that's the enemy. Remember I told you, bride, that when chaos comes, trouble, sickness, or whatever, what are we to do? We're to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, have we opened the door somewhere? Lord, show us where we went wrong. Are we in disobedience or something? Okay, examining our heart, because look what happened when he did this, when he turned away from God. He got slaughtered. That's what it says right here. Okay, we're on verse 6. So sad. sons and daughters, and took also away much spoil from them, and brought the spoil to Samaria. But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Elder, and he went out before the host that came to Samaria, and said unto them, Behold, because the Lord God of your fathers was wroth with Judah, he hath delivered them into your hand, yeah. and ye have slain them in a rage that reacheth up unto heaven. Ooh. Bondmen and bondwomen unto you, but are there not with you sins against the Lord your God? Wow! Now hear me therefore. Deliver the captives again, which ye have taken captive of your brethren, for the fierce wrath. <laughs> oh! Do y'all see what just happened? God sent a prophet and told the enemy, "Hey." The only reason that you got my children is because I let you. But you went too far. And you sacrificed them with a great slaughter. You know, in other words, it was just full of evil. So God says, you got to give them back. You're not doing anything else to my kids. Isn't that something? He only let them get beat up by the devil so far. So I'm, you know, and there's people today, Brian, can you believe they say there's not prophets today? There are prophets. Remember, I told you the story when I was in Washington and God sent a prophet to my door when I was in disobedience. I was only in disobedience six days and he sent me a prophet. God will send prophets still today. And if we don't listen to those prophets, we open the door to the great wrath. Let's continue. son of Hadlai, stood up against them that came from the wall, and said unto them, Ye shall not bring in the captives hither, for whereas we have offended against the Lord already, ye Uh-oh. intend to add more to our sins Ooh. and to our trespass, Ooh. for our trespass is great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel. 
So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the congregation. And the men which were expressed by name rose up and took the captives and with the spoil clothed all that were okay, naked among you, them and arrayed them and shod them and gave them to eat and to drink and anointed them and carried all the feeble of them upon asses and brought them to Jericho, the city of palm trees, to their brethren. Then they returned to Samaria. At that time did King Ahaz send unto the kings of Assyria to help him. For again the Edomites had come and smitten Judah, and carried away captives. The Philistines also had invaded the cities of the low country, and of the south of Judah, and had taken Beth Shemesh, and Ajalon, and Gedaroth, and Shocho with the villages thereof, and Timnah with the villages thereof, Gimzo also and the villages thereof, and they dwelt there. For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel. Right there. For he made Judah oh. The Lord brought Judah low. The Lord brought Judah low. So we have to remember that, Brad. That's key. And transgressed sore against the Lord. And Tilgath-Tilnissa, king of Assyria, came unto him and distressed him, but strengthened him not. For Ahaz took away a portion out of the house of the Lord, and out of the house of the king, and of the princes, and gave it unto the king of Assyria. But he helped him not. And in the time of his distress did he trespass yet more against the Lord. This is that king Ahaz. For he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus, which smote him. And he said, Because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, therefore will I sacrifice to them, that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him, and of all Israel. And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God, and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God, and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars in every corner of Jerusalem, and in every several city of Judah he made high places to burn incense unto other gods, and provoked to anger the Lord God of his fathers. Now the rest of his acts, and of all his ways, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Ahaz slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city, even in Jerusalem. But they brought him not into the sepulchres of the kings of Israel. And Hezekiah his son reigned in his stead. Now, Brad, was he buried with honor? No, he was not. Because he was evil in God's eyes. And why was he evil in God's eyes? 29. Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and twenty years old, and he reigned nine and twenty years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father had all done. Right he in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them, and he brought in the priests and the Levites, and gathered them together into the east the street. And said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves, and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Come on. For our fathers have trespassed, and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God, right. and have forsaken him, and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord, and turned their backs. Also they have shut up the doors of the porch, and put out the lamps, and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto the God of Israel. Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Pause. Okay. 
this king that went in there, we've seen other kings do this, Bride, where they are honest about the condition of their country. And that's what this king did. He pulled in the Levites. What did that tell you, Bride? The Levites are the ones that is the proper order of God. We've learned that in Second Chronicles. So he's doing everything that's right. So let's continue. And he hath delivered them to trouble, to astonishment, and to hissing, as ye see with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in mine heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. My sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, and that ye should minister unto him, and burn incense. They have to burn. Then the Levites arose. Don't have to say that the son, and Joel the son of Azariah, of the sons of the Kohathites, and of the sons of Merari, Kish the son of Abdi, and Azariah the son of Jehalalel, and of the Gershonites, Joah the son of Zimmah, and Eden the son of Joah, and of the sons of Elizaphan, Shimri, and Jael, and of the sons of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mataniah, and of the sons of Heman, Jehiel, and Shimei, and of the sons of Jedathan, Shemei, and Uziel. And they gathered their brethren, and sanctified themselves, and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord, to cleanse the house of the Lord. First and the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it, and brought out all the uncleanness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord, and the Levites took it, to carry it out abroad into the brook Kidron. Now they began on the first day of the first month to sanctify, and on the eighth day of the month came they to the porch of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days, and on the sixteenth day of the first month they made an end. Then they went into Hezekiah the king, and said, We have cleansed all the house of the Lord, and the altar of burnt offering." with all the vessels thereof, and the showbread table, with all the vessels thereof. Moreover, all the vessels which King Ahaz in his reign did cast away in his transgression, have we prepared and sanctified. And behold, they are before the altar of the Lord. And Hezekiah the king rose early, and gathered the rulers of the city, and went up to the house of the Lord. And they brought seven bullocks, and seven lambs, and seven lambs, now they're doing it right. For the kingdom, and for the sanctuary, and for Judah. And he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So they killed the bullocks, and the priests received the blood, and sprinkled it on the altar. Likewise, when they had killed the rams, they sprinkled the blood upon the altar. They killed also the lambs, and they sprinkled the blood upon the altar. And they brought forth the he-goats for the sin offering before the king and the congregation, and they laid their hands upon them. Proper order. And they made reconciliation with their blood upon the altar to make an atonement for all Israel. But the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all, all Israel. Israel yes. And he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with psalteries, and with harps, according to the commandments of David and of Gad the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet. For so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David, 
and the priests with the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also oh. with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. Wow, can you and all the congregation worshipped, and the singers sang, and oh. the trumpeters sounded, and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. Oh. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. And Hezekiah answered and said, Now ye have consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. Come near, and bring the sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. Pause. This is a key. Remember we was talking about people that get saved, but they still have their idol worship. Those things have to be dealt with. Not that you have to be perfect, but if you're outright serving idols and you're calling yourself God, that has to be dealt with. And it has to be squashed before you can go before the king. I mean, it's common sense, and that's the same right here. Because how can you be God and him be God? It has to be dealt with. Let's continue. sacrifices and thank offerings, and as many as were of a free heart burnt offerings. And the number of the burnt offerings which the congregation brought was threescore and ten bullocks, and hundred rams, and two hundred lambs. All these were for a burnt offering to the Lord. And the consecrated things were six hundred oxen and three thousand sheep. But the priests were too few, so that they could not flay all the burnt offerings. Wherefore their brethren, the Levites, did help them, till the work was ended, and until the other priests had sanctified themselves. For the Levites were more upright in heart to sanctify themselves than the priests. And also the burnt offerings were in abundance, with the fat of the peace offerings and the drink offerings for every burnt offering. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order, and Hezekiah rejoiced, and all the people that God had prepared the people, for the thing was done suddenly. All right, Bride, chapter 30. Second Chronicles 30. And Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah, and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh, that they should come to the house of the Lord of Jerusalem, to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. For the king had taken counsel, and his princes, and all the congregation in Jerusalem, to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at that time, because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently, neither had the people gathered themselves together to Jerusalem. And the thing pleased the king and all the congregation. So they established a decree to make proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba even to Dan, that they should come to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem. For they had not done it of a long time in such sort as it was written. So the posts went with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah, and according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, Turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you that are escaped out of the real God. And be not ye like your fathers and like your brethren, which trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers, 
who therefore gave them up to desolation as ye see. Now be ye not stiff-necked, as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord, and enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified for ever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if ye turn again unto the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that lead them captive, so that they shall come again into this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful, and will not turn away his face from you, if ye return unto him. If the posts passed from city to city, through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Nevertheless, divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was to give them one heart to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. And they assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great congregation. And they arose, took away the altars that were in Jerusalem, and all the altars for incense took they away, and cast them into the brook Kidron. And they killed the Passover on the fourteenth day of the second month, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed, and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood in their place after their manner, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood which they received of the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore the Levites had the charge of the killing of the Passovers for every one that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. Brad, what do you think they mean when they say sanctify? It means there's certain things you have to deal with when you go before the Lord. You cannot go before him with idols in your life. That's what it means by sanctify. You know, cleanse yourself. What do you know it needs to get rid of the biggest offenses right there? Even many of Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, Zebulun did not cleanse themselves. Yet did they eat the Passover otherwise than it was written? But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon every one that prepareth his heart to seek God. The Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary, and the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah, and healed the people. And the children of Israel that were present at Jerusalem, kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with loud instruments unto the Lord. And Hezekiah spake comfortably unto all the Levites that taught the good knowledge of the Lord. And they did eat throughout the feast seven days, offering peace offerings and making confession to the Lord God of their fathers. And the whole assembly took counsel to keep other seven days, and they kept other seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, did give to the congregation a thousand bullocks and seven thousand sheep, and the princes gave to the congregation a thousand bullocks and ten thousand sheep, and a great number of priests sanctified themselves. And all the congregation of Judah 
with the priests and the Levites, and all the congregation that came out of Israel, and the strangers that came out of the land of Israel, and that dwelt in Judah, were rejoiced. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. Then the priests, the Levites, arose and blessed the people. And their voice was heard, and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, even unto heaven. Okay, Brian, why was they heard by God? Because they did it in the right, proper order. They dealt with their idols. They tore them down. And God, listen, here we go. Last chapter 30. All this was finished. All Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah and break the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and yeah. the altars out of all Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also and Manasseh okay. until they had utterly destroyed them all. Yeah. And all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession, into their own cities. And Hezekiah appointed the courses of the priests and the Levites after their courses, every man according to his service, the priests and Levites for burnt offerings and for peace offerings, to minister and to give thanks and to praise in the gates of the tents of the Lord. He appointed also the king's portion of his substance for the burnt offerings, to wit for the morning and evening burnt offerings, and the burnt offerings for the Sabbaths, and for the new moons, and for the set feasts, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Moreover, he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites, that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. Oh. And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of corn, wine, and oil, and honey, and of all the increase of the field, and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep, and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated unto the Lord their God, and laid them by heaps. In the third month they began to lay the foundation of the heaps, and finished them in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned with the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty. For the Lord hath blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. Then Hezekiah commanded to prepare chambers in the house of the Lord, and they prepared them and brought in the offerings and the tithes and the dedicated things faithfully, over which Kananiah, the Levite, was ruler, and Shimei, his brother, was the next, and Jehiel, and Azaziah, and Mahath, and Asahel, and Jeremoth, and Jezebel, and Eliel, and Ismachiah, and Mahath, and Benahiah, were overseers under the hand of Kananiah, and Shimei, his brother, at the commandment of Hezekiah the king, and Azariah, the ruler of the house of God. And Kor, the son of Imnah, the Levite, the porter toward the east, was over the free will offerings of God, to distribute the oblations of the Lord in the most holy things. And next him were Eden, and Miniamin, and Jeshua, and Shemaiah, and Amariah, and Shechaniah, in the cities of the priests, in their set office, to give to their brethren by courses as well to the great as to the small. 
beside their genealogy of males, from three years old and upward, even unto every one that entereth into the house of the Lord, his daily portion for their service in their charges according to their courses, both in the genealogy of the priests by the house of their fathers, and the Levites from twenty years old and upward in their charges by their courses, and to the genealogy of all their little ones, their wives and their sons and their daughters, through all the congregation, for in their set office they sanctified themselves in holiness, also of the sons of Aaron the priest, which were in the fields of the suburbs of their cities, in every several city the men that were expressed by name, to give portions to all the males among the priests, and to all that were reckoned by genealogies among the Levites. And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah, and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. Aww. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, and in the law, and in the commandments, to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, and prospered. Wow, we have seen this too, bright in these Bible studies, that when you do what's right before God's eyes, he prospers you. Uh, when you put him first, when you tear down the idols, when you deal with the occult that's in your life and you get rid of those shameful things before his nostrils, then that's where your blessings and your prosperity comes in. Here we go, Brad. Let's go to chapter 33. Okay, we are in Second Chronicles chapter 33. And let's get our little iPad going. All right, here we go. Oh, I'm sorry, we're on 34. Chapter 34. Come on. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. Wow. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And they break down the images. Oh, bride, that's what we need right now. Uh, you know how they did the movie The Purge, where they're purging of all the good people, the evil. We need to purge the other way around. We need to purge in our nation of all the high places and all the idols in our country. Amen. That were on high above them, he cut down right, the graves and the carved images and the molten images. He brake in pieces and made dust of them and strewed it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he broke the bones of the priests upon their altars and cleansed the Judah and Jerusalem. And so did he in the cities of Manasseh and Ephraim and Simeon, even unto Naphtali, with their muppets round about. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves, and had beaten the graven images into powder, 
and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Pause. Let me make this comment, Brad. Not only did he tear down the altars, not only did he tear down the idols, but he broke them down into dust. Like he utterly, we noticed that previously in a previous chapter where they got rid of the idols and said they utterly destroyed them. Utterly. Which means they said, we are done with this. I'm cutting this in pieces where you, where you will not find anything. Absolutely done. So when are we going to have the anger towards sin? When are we going to have the anger towards the devil that is trying to destroy mankind, trying to destroy our families, trying to destroy us? Where is the rage? Where is the anger towards the sin? There's so much happening right now in our culture where they're wanting everybody to feel sorry for people with sins where the devil takes them out through their sin. We need to feel sorry that these people are going to hell. We need to feel sorry that somebody's not ministering to these people and that they are in their depression and they have chose to go down this road and bring destruction upon their self. We've got to have a healthy anger towards sin, a healthy anger towards the devil. God says, we love what he loves and we hate what he hates. And this is what he means. So when I look at this king and I see how this king handled this, and he utterly destroyed the high places, he utterly destroyed the idols. He said, I'm not putting up with this. We're completely destroying it. Let's keep going. He sent Shaphan, the son of Adaliah, and Masiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the heart of the Lord his God. And when they came to Hilkiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites, their trepidators, had gathered in the hand of and of all the remnant of Israel, and of all Judah and Benjamin, and they returned to Jerusalem. And they put it in the hand of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen that worked in the house of the Lord to repair and amend the house, even to the artificers and builders gave they it to buy hewn stone and timber for couplings, and to floor the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. And the men did the work faithfully, and the overseers of them were the Phaeth and Obadiah, the Levites, of the sons of Merari, and Zechariah, and Meshullam, of the sons of the Korathites, to set it forward, and other the Levites, all that could skill with instruments of music. Also, they were over the bearers of burdens, and were overseers of all that wrought the work in any manner of service. And of the Levites, there were scribes, and officers, and porters. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan carried the book to the king, and brought the king with word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord, and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers, 
into the hand of the workmen. Then Trapan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah, the priest, hath given me a book. And Trapan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes. Wow! And the king commanded Hilkiah, and Ahikam, the son of Trapan, and Abdon, the son of Micah, and Trapan the scribe, and Asahiah, a servant of the king's, saying, Go, inquire the Lord for me, and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah wow. concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord, wow. to do after all that is written in this book. And Hilkiah, and they that the king had appointed, went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Hasrah, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect. And she answered them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell ye the man that sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me, and have burned incense unto the gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place, and shall not be quenched. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall ye say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which thou hast heard, Because thine heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God, when thou heardest his words against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst render thy clothes, and weep before me, I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Wow. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Oh. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place, wow. and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king to it again. Wow. I am in awe. Because God told me, because I saw that you really hear, heard me and you understand my heart about sin, because of that, I'm going to spare you and I'm going to go ahead and take you early because I don't want you to see what's about to come on these people. Isn't that sad, Brian? And gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites, and all the people, great and small. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertained to the children of Israel, and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. In all his days they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Wow, so they got rid of the idols, God. They got rid of the idols, and they honored God. So let's see what happens next. Verse 35. Moreover, Josiah kept a Passover unto the Lord in Jerusalem, 
and they killed the Passover on the fourteenth day of the first month. And he set the priests in their charges, and encouraged them through the service of the house of the Lord. And said unto the Levites that taught all Israel, which were holy unto the Lord, Put the holy ark in the house which Solomon the son of David, king of Israel, did build. It shall not be a burden upon your shoulders. Serve now the Lord your God and his people Israel. Aww. And prepare yourselves by the houses of your fathers, after your courses, according to the writing of David, king of Israel, and according to the writing of Solomon his son. And stand in the holy place, according to the divisions of the families of the fathers of your brethren the people, and after the division of the families of the Levites. So kill the Passover, and sanctify yourselves, and prepare your brethren, that they may be according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. And Josiah gave to the people of the flock lambs and kids, all for the Passover offerings, for all that were present, to the number of thirty thousand and three thousand bullocks. Wow. These were of the king's substance. And his princes gave willingly unto the people, to the priests, and to the Levites, Hilkiah, and Zechariah, and Jehiel, rulers of the house of God, gave unto the priests all the Passover offerings, two thousand and six hundred small cattle, and three hundred oxen. That is a lot. Conaniah also, and Shemaiah, and Nathaniel, his brethren, and Hashabiah, and Jael, and Jezebad, chief of the Levites, gave unto the Levites for Passover offerings five thousand small cattle and five hundred oxen. So the service was prepared, and the priests stood in their place, and the Levites in their courses, according to the king's commandment, and they killed the Passover, and the priests sprinkled the blood from their hands, and the Levites played them, and they removed the burnt offerings that they might give according to the divisions of the families of the people to offer unto the Lord as it is written in the book of Moses, so did they with the oxen. And they roasted the Passover with fire according to the ordinance. But the other holy offerings sod they in pots, and in cauldrons, and in pans, and divided them speedily among all the people. And afterward they made ready for themselves and for the priests, because the priests, the sons of Aaron, were busied in offering of burnt offerings and the fat until night. Therefore the Levites prepared for themselves, and for the priests, the sons of Aaron. And the singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their place, according to the commandment of David, and Asaph, and Heman, and Jedekin, the king's seer. And the porters waited at every gate. They might not depart from their service, for their brethren, the Levites, prepared before them. For all the service of the Lord was prepared the same day, to keep the Passover, and to offer burnt offerings upon the altar of the Lord, according to the commandment okay now the reason this is so important bride just so we don't miss what is happening here this king did what was right in the sight of the lord he repented when he saw the words of the, uh, the book he repented for their sin so he's telling them i want you to honor god and god's way of doing things the proper order god has really been speaking to us okay now we're continuing Passover like to that kept in Israel from the days of Samuel the prophet. Neither did all the kings of Israel keep such a Passover as Josiah kept, and the priests, and the Levites, and all Judah and Israel that were present, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In the eighteenth year of the reign of Josiah, which was 
after a week. When Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by Euphrates. And Josiah went out against him. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house where you are at war. For God commanded me to make haste. Forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy thee not. Well, he loved your God and not turn his face from him, but disguised himself, that he might fight with him, and hearken not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away, for I am sore wounded. His servants therefore took him out of their chariot, and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died. Oh. And was buried in one of the sepulchres of his fathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Oh. And Jeremiah lamented for Josiah. And all the singing men and the singing women spake of Josiah in their lamentations to this day, and made them an ordinance in Israel. And behold, they are written in the lamentations. Oh, now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness according to that which was written in the law of the Lord, and his deeds first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Oh, brother, isn't that sad? That is so sad that he didn't listen to the Lord, and then he ended up uh, getting in trouble, didn't he? Um, took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's stead in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was twenty and three years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And the king of Egypt put him down at Jerusalem and condemned the land in an hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim his brother king over Judah and Jerusalem, and turned his name to Jehoiakim. And Necho took Jehoahaz his brother and carried him to Egypt. Jehoiakim was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Against him came up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and bound him in fetters to carry him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried of the vessels of the house of the Lord to Babylon, and put them in his temple at Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and his abominations which he did, and that which was found in him, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah, and Jehoiakim the son Jehoiakim was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the three Lord. Three months, God. And when the year was expired, King Nebuchadnezzar sent and brought him to Babylon with the goodly vessels of the house of the Lord. And made Zedekiah his brother king over Judah and Jerusalem. Zedekiah was born twenty years old when he began to reign, and reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet, speaking from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God. But he stiffened his neck, and hardened his heart concerning the hand of the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief of the priests and the people 
transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen, and polluted the house of the Lord which he had. All right, Brad, let's talk about this a minute. How did he pollute the house of Israel? How did he pollute it? I wrote down here, it all goes together. A polluted land equals a polluted church. That means that the church as a whole is vile, or the country would not be in this shape. So the country is a reflection of the church and the same as it is today. Let's continue. Sent to them by his messengers, rising up the times and sending, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words, and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, till there was no remedy. He tried to warn them. The king of the Chaldees, who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary. And had no compassion upon young men or maidens, old men, or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hand. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king, and of his princes, all these, he brought to Babylon. And they burnt the house of God, and broke down the wall of Jerusalem, and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire, and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, for as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath. He fulfilled threescore and ten years. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord set up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and he hath charged me to build him an house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? The Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. You know how a lot of people call President Trump King Cyrus? They're saying he will be a part of building that third temple. We will see. Well, Bride, look, we are finished with Second Chronicles. We finished it. We have learned so much about God's heart, about sin, about idols, how he blesses when we obey, etc. So thank you so much, Bride. I wanted to get this finished before Thanksgiving. So um, I'm going to take off until uh, Monday so you can spend time with your family. And I'm going to uh, get in my book. Okay, so I'm going to really get away for this weekend and concentrate on my book and see how much I can get done. Okay, so God bless you and thank you for watching. Bam! In your face, devil. Bible study. And today we are going to finish Second Chronicles. We are going to finish Second Chronicles. And uh, I was just in the mood and I thought, well, let's just go ahead and finish it. 
All right, so uh, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for Second Chronicles and all that we've learned in this book. Thank you for the modern-day media of that time chronicling the kings. And, Lord, for us to be able to learn about those kings and how they pleased you or they displeased you. Help us to have hearts to be disciplined today and to learn and to be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Brad, let's turn to Second Chronicles chapter 32. And we have been learning about kings that are good and kings that are bad. And what, what have we learned so far, Brad? We've learned of the patterns of God. When somebody gets saved, they have to tear down their idols. They have to get rid of the occult. Is that correct? Uh, they have to get their house in order. Not that they have to be perfect, but they have to deal with the most obvious thing be- between them and God. And so uh, then God hears them. Remember, God cannot partner with sin. When you read the Old Testament, you understand God's heart about sin. That's why God went on the mountain with Moses, and he was so specific about it. And he's like, listen here, Moses. I want a relationship with my people, but I just cannot be around sin. Okay, so this is why it's so dangerous when these churches teach that sin is okay. All right, so let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 32. And I do King James, and we use the Version app. Here we go. Second Chronicles 32. After these things in the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city, and they did help him. So there was gathered much people together, who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Also he strengthened himself and built up all the wall that was broken, and raised it up to the towers, and another wall without, and repaired Milo in the city of David, and made darts and shields in abundance. And he set captains of war over the people, and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city, and spake comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid, nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us. Bam! In your face, devil! I can just see that right now, bride. There is more that is for us than is against us. And you know, sometimes that old devil, he'll try to make us think that we are just overtaken because the enemy is just plowing in. He is just trying to paint this perfect scenario that we are overtaken, that the Christians are defeated. But let me tell you, God has created you for such a time as this. You were born for this, Brad. You are the modern day people. So let's say this for us today. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for all of the worldly uh, people out there that are 
hating on us, nor for all the multitude that's with them. For there be more with us than against us. Okay? And that's the truth, Brian, because you know what? We have more in this army of angels that are surrounding us than we could ever imagine. Okay? So uh, we're never alone. Remember that people ask me, how can you be a single woman by yourself traveling across the country? Because I'm not alone. I am not alone. I know who I have with me. I know I have the angels with me, and I know God is with me everywhere. So we are not alone, bride. Okay, let's continue. We're in verse 8. Second Chronicles uh, chapter 32, verse 8. All the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us right, and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Let me pause here. When it says right here that be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria. And then the next verse in verse 8 says, with him is an arm of flesh. Which means they are going to rely upon their flesh. But with us, come on now, with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles now brad what have we seen so far in this bible study is that when they cried out to the lord they were in battle we saw throughout second chronicles different examples they would be in battle they would have people in front of them and they'd have people behind them they would be surrounded and all they would do is call upon the name of the lord lift their hands up, humble themselves, shout unto the Lord for the victory, and blow the trumpets. Like, God, we don't know what else to do. If you don't come through, there's nothing. We're done. And so that is what they're saying is, let God fight our battles. Because in our mind, when we fight our battles, it can become too much of a heavy burden. And you know, Brad, sometimes that's why people have back problems or, or bitterness where they build up with arthritis and they build up with back problems, nerve problems. A lot of that's because they have fought the battles themselves and it's not surrendered. So, Lord, we just say today that we surrender all to you today right now while it's fresh on our spirits. And, Lord, if we have spoken any words against our nerves, like saying, they gets on my nerves, you're on my last nerve, uh, my nerves are shot, all that, we renounce everything that we have made an agreement with the devil. We do not believe that our nerves are shot. We do not believe that we have one last nerve. We don't believe that. God will heal us through all of it. We, we want all of our nerves. And so we will not be placing all that burden on ourselves, but putting it over to the Lord for him to carry the burden. All right, so let's, and check out the rest of the sentence where it says, the people rested, they rested. Rest is trusting in God, giving it to him. Here we go. And his servants to Jerusalem, but he himself laid a siege against Lachish and all his power with him. Unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, and unto all Judah that were at Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith Sennacherib, king of Assyria, Whereon do ye trust? 
that ye abide in the siege in Jerusalem? Doth not Hezekiah persuade you to give over yourselves, to die by famine and by thirst, saying, The Lord our God shall deliver us out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Wow. Hath not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars, and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, Ye shall worship before one altar, and burn incense upon it? Know ye not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands any ways able to deliver their lands out of mine hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed, that could deliver his people out of mine hand, that your God should be able to deliver you out of mine hand? <laughs> Boy, do we have a showdown here. This man is saying, I am so great. I have conquered this, and I have done this, and I've done... Who do you think you are to have your God? Didn't Hezekiah do this and that? All right, let's see what happens. This is going to be good, Brad. Now, therefore, let not Hezekiah deceive you, nor persuade you on this manner, neither yet believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people out of mine hand and out of the hand of my fathers. How much less shall your God deliver you out of mine hand? Pause. Who do I have a point to make? Because why did God not deliver out the previous people, the previous generations? Because of their disobedience. If they disobeyed God, if they did not honor him, he cannot bless them and he cannot protect them. So even if that did happen to the previous generation, it does not mean God will not protect you now. When you have kept your heart clean, you have honored his precepts and the and the proper order of things, he's going to back you up, Brian. He is going to back you up. So you have this guy. Remember what we have been learning, that the children of Israel represent the culture people, the false that have partnered with the culture. They are the watered-down ones, the tainted ones, or whatever. They have, they're making fun of the prophet, saying that other people were overtaken under his charge. But what they don't know is what the remnant, okay, what the remnant knows. The remnant knows you can say you're a Christian, but if you're not honoring God, if you're not doing what is right, then you will not have that hand of protection on you. And so you can say what you want, but I know my relationship with God, and I know the word of God. So let's continue here and see what happens. Spake yet more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He wrote also letters to rail on the Lord God of Israel, and wow. to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of mine hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of mine hand. Wow. And they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall to affright them and to trouble them that they might take the city. And they spake against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, which were the work of the hands of man. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel 
which cut off all the mighty men of valor, leaders and captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. Wow. And when he was come into the house of his God, they that came forth of his own bowels slew him there with the sword. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. I am in awe. I am in awe of what just happened. Did y'all did y'all catch on? This man was utterly full of pride. What is one of the things that God hates worse than anything? Pride. This man is saying, who is your God that can take me? I am so high and mighty. But then look what happened. And they were even loud, bride. They were even screaming against God's people. Do we not feel that day that way today? Like they are just screaming at us and, and telling us how terrible we are, the fundamentalist anyway. And they spoke against, we're in verse 19, the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, which were the work of the hands of man. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried to heaven. So they sought God when the trouble and the calamity hit, didn't they, bride? That's what it says right here. It says that they prayed and they cried to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel. The Lord fought the battle. Isn't that amazing, bride? That is so amazing. And this is what the angel did. Cut off all the mighty men of valor. The angel. They didn't do it. The angel did. And the leaders and captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame. God allowed him to go back and face his people after he got egg on his face, basically. And when he was coming to the house of his God, they that came forth of his own bowels, his children, slew him there with the sword. Isn't that sad? His own children slew him. And you know what I'm thinking of, Brian, is in the last days in the book of Revelation where it talks about, you know, there's a trinity of, the, of Satan. You have the beast. And you have the Antichrist and you have the false prophet. So we believe the false prophet is the Pope and the Antichrist is whoever you think it is. And then you still have the beast somewhere. But they three work together as one. But midway through tribulation, the Antichrist turns on uh, the false prophet, which is the whore of God. And then he kills him. But see, it's kind of like what happens here. His own family out of the bowels kills him here. It's, uh, it's really sad when you think about it. Okay, so in verse 22, uh, let's go from here. And guided them on every side. Oh. And many brought gifts unto the Lord through Jerusalem and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah so that he was magnified in the sight of all nations from thenceforth. In those days Hezekiah was sick to the death, Aww. and prayed unto the Lord. And he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign, 
But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore there was wrath upon him, and upon Judah, and Jerusalem. Oh, no. Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself with a pride in his heart. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go again with the pride. God hates pride. So, after that evil man died that was making fun of Hezekiah and his people, it says in verse 22, it says, thus, saith the, thus the Lord saved Hezekiah. So the Lord with his mighty hand saved him and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all other, and guided them on every side. So not only did God save him, but he was like his guard all the way around. Thus, okay, and many brought gifts unto the Lord to Jerusalem and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was magnified in the sight of all nations from thenceforth. Woo, now I see why uh, God was upset with Hezekiah because... You know, when the Lord sent me to Washington, he told me, don't worship the praise of men. And this is very dangerous when you start rising in ministry and people start telling you how good you are. You have to make sure it does not go to your head. It's a killer. Pride is a killer. Let me say that again. Pride is a killer. You know, Dr. Morris in Texas says that the spirit of Leviathan, which is like a snake that just chokes the life out of you, is the king of pride. So it's like a, a snake just squeezes you with that pride and you just get so puffed up and puffed up as he's squeezing the life out of you. Dr. Morris did really good teaching. That was really good. Okay, so all the people praised him. For what God did. Did God not do the delivering? Yes. But he took the glory. And you know how God is about taking the glory. Remember? I told you the story of how I did that in Bible college. And God told me. You took my glory. You would not give me glory. For what I did for you. I could have killed you for that. Just like I did the king in uh, the book of Acts. So we have to be careful, Brad. Okay? We have to be careful to give God the glory and to not be ashamed. Not be ashamed of what he did. Okay, so verse 18. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall to affright them and to trouble them. And they spoke... Oh, I'm sorry. I was on the wrong one. Sorry. Okay, so... It says in verse 23, so that he was magnified in the sight of all nations from thenceforward. You know, in other words, puffing him up. So in those days, Hezekiah was sick to the death and prayed unto the Lord. And he spoke unto him and gave him a sign. So God answered him, even though he was puffed up. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him. For his heart was lifted up. Pride. Therefore there was wrath upon him. And upon Judah and Jerusalem. So what happened the first time he got wrath? The first time he was sick. 
God gave him a sign that he was going to heal him, and he started recovering, I guess, and he got puffed up again. But look what happened the second time he got puffed up with pride. The second time, it was upon Judah and Jerusalem. It went to his people that was following him. Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself. Now he humbles himself because he see that his actions hid his people, his followers. So he humbled himself for the pride of his heart. So he recognized the pride. Okay, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of God came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. So he finally humbled himself. God is not in pride, bride. He's not. And that is a sure way to tell if somebody's saved. Okay, verse 27. And Hezekiah had exceeding much riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver and for gold and for precious stones and for spices and for shields and for all manner of pleasant jewels. Well, let's follow with the Bible here. Hold on. Of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Verse 27. And Hezekiah had exceeding much riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver and for gold and for precious stones and for spices and for shields and for all manner of pleasant jewels, storehouses also for the increase of corn and wine and oil, and stalls for all manner of beasts and coats for flocks. Moreover, he provided him cities and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance. For God had given him substance very much. The same Hezekiah also stopped the upper water course of Yim and brought it straight down to the west side of the city of David. And Hezekiah prospered in all his works. Why did he prosper? Albeit in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land. God left him to try him, that he might know all that was in his heart. Wow. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness, behold, they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the chiefest of the sepulchres wow. of the sons of David. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem did him honor at his death. And Manasseh, his son, reigned in his stead. Wow, he was really honored, wasn't he, That is just amazing. Back in Chronicles 33. Manasseh was twelve years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem, but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down, and he reared up altars for Balaam, and made groves, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. Also he built altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be for ever. And he built altars for all the host of heaven, in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom, oh. 
Also, he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a carved image, the idol which he had made, in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed for your fathers, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. So Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err, and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns, and bound him with fetters, and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers, and prayed unto him, and he was entreated of him, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Let's review this. This is so amazing. Because Manasseh was an evil king, doing the occult, doing all these evil things. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh in verse 10, and to his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. Remember, bride, I keep telling you time and time again that judgment of the Lord is his mercy. This is sort of a judgment towards him. He pulled his hand back and allowed him to be taken off and captured so that he could come into his right mind and come out of this stupor, this evil. So in other words, I say he had to be smacked into his right mind type of deal. And it worked, and that's what's going to have to happen to a lot of Christians that are off in this false stuff. They're going to have to go through hard times and punishment, in other words, to be to come out of it and to see that they were in error and the world so that they would see their need for God. Okay, and when he was in affliction, now we know that's what it's going to take for a lot of people. He besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him and he was entreated of him. God had mercy, didn't he? and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Isn't that something? Let's continue. After this, he built a wall without the city of David, on the west side of Gion, in the valley, even to the entering in at the fish gate, and compassed about Ophel, and raised it up a very great height, and put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah, and he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of the Lord, and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord, and uh, in Jerusalem yeah. he cast them out of the city. Uh, yeah. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, and sacrificed to thereon peace offerings and thank offerings. Again, 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 we see this again. 
when he made it right with God, he got rid of the altars. He got rid of the idols. He got rid of the occult, the false things. This has to happen when we want peace with God. He cannot partner with sin. Let's go. Serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people did sacrifice still in the high places, oh, no. yet unto the Lord their God only. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, and his prayer unto his God, and the words of the seers that spake to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel, his prayer also, and how God was entreated of him in all his sins and his trespass, and the places wherein he built high places, and set up groves and graven images, before he was humbled. Behold, they are written among the sayings of the seers. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house, and Amon his son reigned in his stead. Mm. Amon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign, and reigned two years in Jerusalem. Oh, but he years. did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, oh, no. as did Manasseh his father. For Amon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh his father had made, and served them, and humbled not himself before the Lord, as Manasseh his father had humbled himself. Wow. But Amon trespassed more and more, and his servants conspired against him, and slew him in his own house. Wow. But the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Amon, Ooh. and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead. Wow, can I say, wow, can you believe that? He didn't humble himself and his own servants killed him. Okay. I may have to pause here. I think she needs me, Brad. I will be back and finish those last two chapters, okay? I'll be back soon. <laughs> 